Welcome back to Dial H for Heroclix. This is episode 226. I'm your host, Chris Britton. So let's go. Dialage for Heroclix is brought to you by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day, including all of your latest Heroclix singles and sealed products. So check them out at CoolStuffInc.com. Joining me in the studio again this week, my sexy ranch hand co-host, Calder Ness. What's going on, Calder? Howdy, howdy. Rowdy. All right, let's get ready indeed. Starting off yeah. better. Better this this go-round. Oh, Lord. Okay. All right. Well, All right, I'll take it. <laughs> normally, we like to start off with what made us happy this week. I'm going to reserve mine for the news section, but Calder, you've got some stuff. Yeah, Chris, I played in a pre-release uh, here in Sioux Falls, Rainbow Comics. It was great fun. I did not pull a Captain America in either of my boosts in the pre-release, which was kind of a big bummer. But it gave me a good feel of how the set plays and sealed. And I got to say, I absolutely love it. It seems we got an identical uh, case, though, because, or at least both bricks were, because the both chases were Agamotto and both primes were She-Hulk, which I thought was very odd. That is really weird. That's also kind of worrying, I guess, in a way, because I guess maybe distribution? Are there, are, is there anybody out there that is listening to this that as also getting distribution weird stuff, or is it just a fluke with you guys? I would be interested to hear either way, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. How'd you do? I did all right. I went two and one. I had to face both Agamotto teams, and uh, Alex Wilder is really good with Agamotto. He has uh, Mystical, uh, so he can mastermind two Agamotto, and he gets Outwit, Perplexiprob, whichever two you choose. It's crazy. We'll go into more of that later, but... He was a pain in the butt. Actually, one game came down to my Janor versus his Alex Wilder. And uh, it was like literally just swinging back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Him either shape-changing out of it or super-sensing out of it or some whatever. The end the end roll for me, though, was he missed his shape-change, and I crit-hit with Thor. So we didn't get a roll super-senses, and baby, did that feel good. Yeah, I <clears throat> Holy cow. <laughs> so, uh, did you walk away with anything? I walked away with my two boosters of, of, uh, of pre-release. That, there was no prizing, like, officially for the event. So it was just like, hey, pre-release, have fun, get some stuff early. I pulled a super rare Iron Fist, so that was pretty cool. A little excited about that. Okay, cool. All right, well, um, we've got a bunch of news to get through, so let's just jump into the news section. Just about the whole set that just came out, Battleworld, is now on HC Realms. Maybe, hopefully, it's all there. Anyway, uh, Calder and I are going to pick yeah. one figure from each of the rarities, except for Chases. We're going to run through those real quick, just for anybody out there that is going into a pre-release, or actually the set is about to drop real soon anyway. So why don't we start off with you, Calder. Just, just pick a figure you wanted to talk about uh, and what they can do. Uh, a figure I really wanted to pull in sealed was Sheriff Steve Rogers. He has police team ability, six range. He's clocking in at 50 points uh, past police soldier and Battle of the Valley. He has the showdown trait, which is actually really helpful. 
Uh, when Sheriff Steve Rogers makes an attack and hits all targets, after resolutions roll a d6 on a 5 or 6, remove an action token. Since it is after resolutions, once he gets an action token from that attack, you can then take that exact action token off, which was great. I did pull a gunslinger, and I got to use that uh, quite a few times. It's really helpful. And he has a special damage clicks, which is no one is above the law. Leadership, when Sheriff Steve Rogers or an adjacent friendly character is attacked, the attacker cannot positively modify or replace their attack value. I like how it's modify and replace, which is pretty awesome. That doesn't get through a lot in this set, uh, but I think with how crazy uh, amount of perplex is in the game right now, that it's definitely a great ability. He has running shots and ESD, and then, uh, you know, that's kind of a spattering of his dial. Never goes above 10 attack, never drops below 9. His last two clicks look different. They have sidestep with an 18 defend, you know, which is awesome. And, of course, two damage with enhancement. So once Captain America loses that special damage power, he's still more of a support EP. Uh, with some and enhancement, which I really like. Okay. Uh, I would like to talk about all. Outrider. And uh, we did spoil a little bit of this on a previous episode. I'm not going to go through the whole dial. Here's just what you need to know about it because I thought it was really interesting. 35 points, shape change, and super senses. Uh, it's top dial and top dial attack power. Adjacent opposing characters can only target themselves or Outrider with outwit, perplex, or probability control. That is a harassment piece. Uh, that That is an annoying piece since it can ignore characters and blocking terrain for movement purposes. It's just 35 points of awesome. I love it, so uh, look out for those because I guarantee you it's going to be annoying. Uh, let's let's go on to yeah. un oh, man, for uncommons. Sure. I gotcha. Uh, my uncommon pick was Stick. I don't think a lot of people thought that rhymed awesome. A lot of people, you know, I don't think he... Not, not a lot of people talked about him, and I think Stick's really good, especially in Sealed. Uh, first off, look at those combat values he has an 11 attack for the first three pasty clicks with close combat expert. He has Marvel Knights, martial artist. He has Indomitable for his only special combat symbol. Uh, but his trait is really awesome. It's you failed again. When an adjacent friendly character misses all targets with a close attack, give them a humbled token. Characters with a humbled token have free remove all tokens named humbled from the character and make a close attack. The attack misses all targets after resolutions do character one unavoidable damage. So when you miss an attack, you get a token as soon as it happens, so basically you kind of re-roll your close attack. However, if you miss a second time, you will get punished, a.k.a. you will get humbled. He does have a special damage power for his first three clicks, which is closely. A close combat expert and empowered. So top dial, we're looking at a six sidestep, 11 attack with quake, 17 defense with combat reflexes, and two damage with that close combat expert and empower. I think he's awesome for only 45 points. He can deal massive amounts of damage. You can do four damage on every single click. And if you want to guarantee that he, that stick himself hits, you can always pump that into attack. But besides, and then come close anyways with combat reflexes, I think this is a really great figure who can be a pretty good, like, secondary, tertiary attacker and also help you out, you know? Absolutely. And I also want to say that this figure is 45 points and has Indom, which is dumb. Um, which made me start thinking. Oh, yeah, it is. You know how we've said on the pa in, in the past that there are certain characters that they just don't really make bad versions of? Like, they're mediocre right. at worse. And then, so I started to put two and two together, and though I know that Marvel kind of tells whiz kids what can and can't be in the set and stuff like that, but the dial designs themselves come down to whiz kids mostly. 
And I've noticed there has got to be a major, major Daredevil fan that works for WizKids. Because look at, like, the history. Like, Elektra is always good. Bullseye is always good. The first stick they ever made, really good. Uh, It's... We got a random Con Le Daredevil this year. Or was it last year? Oh yeah, like out, out of nowhere. It was this year, yeah. I was like, why? You know what I mean? How many Daredevils were in the What If What If set? Uh there's at least three in the main set. If four, and there's one in the starter set. So, like four or five Daredevils in What If. I'm starting to think really there really is a big fan of Daredevil that works for WizKids. Okay, um, Foggy Nelson. And Karen Page got made, which is kind of crazy. That's so weird. Okay, moving on. My pick for uh, Uncommon is going to be Alex Wilder. You did briefly mention this. It is uh, 20. He's 25 points. Four clicks long for 25 25. points, which is already good. He's got a trait that says stealth sidestep, but only if an opposing character is within four squares. But he still has traded stealth, which is good. Um, He has a weird trait called Traitor. Uh, shape change. So he has traded shape change. So that's not good. Once per force, uh, when Alex Wilder is KO'd, do not remove him from the game. Instead, after a- after resolutions, place him in the square he last occupied on his starting click. He is now friendly to your opponent's force. Okay. That sounds like it's bad. Just don't let him die. Here's how you don't let him die. He has Mastermind, like you mentioned. His special damage power is... Several steps ahead of you, you just don't know it. Free, an opposing, uh, an opponent chooses two. Outwit, perplex, probability control. Alex Wilder can use the chosen powers until your next turn. So at any given point, anytime you use this, you're going to have access to two of those three powers. Like, that's never good. Outwit, perplex, or probability control. Oh, no. Like... <laughs> That's pretty good. I'm, I'm really uh, liking that piece, and I can see where if you dude. pulled this in sealed, play it, obviously play it. Um, almost, well, I don't want to say almost nothing, but like a really good majority of this set is going to be susceptible to outwit. And obviously probability control is always good. So for 25 points, a duh, put, put him on your team. Right. I mean, tips for playing against him. I had to play against him way too many times. Uh, if you have any battle fury, try to base him, try to get him away. Oh my gosh. He's, he's a pain in the neck. You have to think like, oh, does he need to really make attacks this turn? Should I get rid of his prob? If I get rid of his prob, I have to give him outwit. Cause you're pretty much always going to do, it's really like the kicker is, do I give him outwit, you know, or prob, which can be kind of tough. It's like, I have super senses. He get out with my super senses or do I just want him to see me reels attack? It, it puts you in a spot where you really don't want to be in, you know, choosing what amazing powers your opponent gets is it's tough it really is he's uh he's good by the way i just noticed this i did not see this before there is also an electra and bullseye in this set yep so the uh i'm i'm building on this conspiracy that WizKids has for the daredevil and his like rogues gallery and his backup characters it's a thing now, to be fair they did not put a mayor kingpin in this set so i mean Hmm. All right. At least that, right? Don't but take this away. It from is me. kind of sad. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, they didn't include a grizzly either. So like Electra, Bullseye, and uh, Doc were like kingpins, horses that he bought in. But there's also a grizzly, you know, a dude who was grizzly pretty much. He wore a bearskin. Uh, but they didn't include him of their like 
fearful four that were hunting down Sheriff Steve Rogers. All right. Well, that is Alex Wilder. Let's move on to rares. What did you pick for rares? I chose 038 Iron Man. Uh, he has four range. He's 80 points. This is Battle World of the Valley, Armor, Past, and Scientist. He has that same, ugh, that same trait that Sheriff Steve Rogers has. He has a special attack power. I'll just go through this because it's on his entire dial. He has no special combat symbols. His special attack power is clearing out the gang to get to the boss. Quake. When Iron Man uses it after resolutions, if there are no opposing characters adjacent to him, meaning he knocked back everybody, he may make a range attack, but only to target a character this turn. So you may, like, quake two people away, and then really good, because he can make a lot of attacks in one turn. So you could theoretically single-target quake somebody for four damage, right? Right off the back, season 11-4. And then, pow, shoot another character that might have been their support figure that was next to them. So I would absolutely love it. He does not have Indomitable, which is a little sad. He has, like I said, Charge with the Quake special power and Impervious with four damage. Now, middle of his dial, he gets a bunch of sidestep. He goes down to invulnerability. He gets some outwits. And then on his fourth click, when he just has toughness the rest of his dial, he gets some perplex. His attack never goes below a 10, which is awesome. And on his last click, he has the exact same stats as top, except he has toughness instead of Impervious. I think this Iron Man is awesome, not just because his sculpt is beautiful, and the fact that they gave such an amazing sculpt to a rare is really great. I mean, it's, oh, it's amazing, and this Iron Man just has a sweet capability that he can do every single click of his dial. It's awesome. My absolute favorite part about that figure is the sculpt. It is so cool looking. Oh, it's amazing. It's so good. Okay, I want to talk about uh, Iron Goblin, actually. So this is such a strange piece. I love it. Uh, seven range, double bolts, 150 or 100 points, but play it at the 150. Um, he does have flying and indom. Ta improved targeting ignores characters, which is great because he has seven range, running shot, and energy explosion, three damage. So um, here's the trait. Here's, here's why I like this character, because it's just so dumb. Uh, it's called Slow Descent into Madness. At the beginning of your turn, you may roll a d6. Iron Goblin can use the results, uh, the resulting effects until your next turn. So, 1 to 2 is Battle Fury. This is the only one of them that is bad, okay? Because if it's a ranged piece, this is obviously going to suck. But let's hope you don't roll a 1 or 2. Uh, but if you do roll a 1 or 2, he also gets plus 2 to his attack roll. So there's that. Um... If he rolls a 3 or 4, you get Perplex and Probability Control, which is very good. And then if he rolls a 5 or 6, he gets Outwit and modify his combat values by plus 1. So if you do roll a 5 or 6, I mean, it's just as likely to roll into Battle Fury as it is to roll into the Outwit and plus 1 to everything. But, I mean, you're talking about 8 range at 12 attack and 4 damage which is really good. He has um, he has impervious top dial. It is a six, seven, eight click long dial. And then once he goes from like a ranged piece, he gets uh, a little bit of hypersonic speed and precision strike with invulnerability. And then three clicks after that are uh, charge with a special attack power. It's called last stand with the ebon blade, blades, claws, fangs, and steel energy. Like that's never been good. Uh, with exploit damage on all three of those last three clicks with toughness. So, And his attack on those last three clicks goes 10, 11, 12. 
He's good. He's really good. He's if you gross. roll him, oh. play him. Um, I just I hope you don't get unlucky mm. and roll ones and twos. But I mean, other than that, holy cow, he's really good. So that's my rare choice. Uh, I absolutely agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is your super rare Jeez. choice? My super rare choice is. Oh man, do I remember? I should have wrote it down. I think it's Iron Fist. Yes. Yeah. So Danny Rand. The Immortal Iron Fist, Protector of Kunlun, Sworn Enemy of the Hand, except for this time he's a spider. He's 75 points. He is Battle World Spider Island, Animal Martial Artist, Monster, and Mystical Keywords. He has improved movement, ignores elevated and hindering. He has no special combat sims. He has the trait Homo Arachnid, which is Plasticity and Poison. You haven't noticed a ton of figures the set have introducers, especially in the Common Uncommon era. So to get rid of a... Uh, Alex Wilder type character who can't mastermind the poison damage is pretty awesome. Uh, he has a couple special powers here. I'm going to say top down, he has sidestep, 10 movement, 11 attack, 18 defense, the special defense power, and then 3 damage, the special defense power. I'm going to talk about those top powers. His defense is Spider's Dance, X, Combat Reflex, which is awesome. I used him to body block a lot of people from getting to my ranged characters, especially if they only had charge. His damage power is Close Combat Expert when Iron Fist uses it and hits. After resolutions, modify a hit character's combat values by negative one until their next turn, which is really awesome when you're swinging at Agamotto or that, what is it, Common Uncommon Maestro, and they get their 19 Ds back down to a little 18, a little easier to hit, which I really enjoy, uh, which is great because you can pump it up to a 13 pack. And then he has a special speed power in his middle two clicks of his six click long charge. Uh, so his special speed power is charge and flurry when Iron Fist hits with a close attack. After attacks resolve, he may immediately use sidestep at no cost. So after both of those attacks, he can use sidestep, which is pretty amazing. Uh, you'll still have to break away. Uh, he does get normal flurry and then battle fury down his thumbs after he loses. And clicks three, six, he has persistent strike, which is really great with flurry, of course. He's good. I like him. Um, I, I, I'm going to say the same thing about this character that is the my choice for super rare. He has plasticity poison, and he is a up-close, right-in-your-face combat piece. So, I mean, you're poisoning every turn at the same turn, same time you're doing all the stuff you just mentioned. So it works really well together and make sure that they can't get away. So my choice, if you didn't know, is 49 Hulk. Which is dumb. It is also a Spider Island Battle World keyworded. 150 points. Uh, plasticity poison. So he starts off like a typical Hulk, and he had, he does have Indom Giant with 12 speed, which is great. 11 attack, 18 defense, charge, super strength, and that pink defensive power. Um, here's where it gets dumb because they went back to do like a little homage to the older Hulk dials. He gets way stronger when he gets damaged. In the middle of his dial, he turns into an actual monster. Guess what? He's keyworded monster, too. So this might help you guys out there for uh, Halloween theme teams. So on clicks two, one and two, it's that super strength. But click three, four, five, and six of his eight-click long dial, he has a special attack power called six arms to smash. Super strength. So that means he has super strength the whole dial. When Hulk makes a close attack and hits with an attack roll of six or lower, after resolutions, he can make a close attack. And in parentheses, it does say he can repeat this process each time he hits, and his attack roll is low enough. 
So this just seems to me like one of those re- could be really, really fun pieces where you like base two or three people at the same time. And if it works out for you, then it works out. And you're just bashing away. You know, you, you're probably going to hit, but you want to be able to hit with just a six or lower. Um, so during those clicks, his attack goes 11, 12, 12, 11. His damage goes 3, 4, 5, 4. So I'm like, man, this could be insane. Because if you look at click number 5, that's – is it click number 5? Uh, 12 attack, 18 defense with impervious, 5 damage, and all four of those clicks also have Battle Fury just to get right through all that mastermind. It is a dumb piece for sure. I really like it. At the very end, he gets some weird super senses toughness, like his his spider sense finally came in <laughs> at the very end. But I just I really love the fact that it's a Hulk with plasticity, so they're not getting away, and he's just gonna punch him in the face like repeatedly. I love it. I thought it was fun. Yeah, no, this Hulk is amazing. I would almost say that he's a uh, you pull him play him piece. Yeah, I just there's not a lot of things in this set that I think are gonna just brute force overpower this figure. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I totally agree. Um, plus, there also is a lot of figures in the set that have an 18 base defense with um, either combat reflexes or energy shield deflection to pump it up to a 20. So this figure, the entire dial does not drop below 11 attack, and on two of those clicks in the middle, he has 12 attack. So it is one of your most likely to hit those figured pieces. So good luck to you all out there. Um, I think that's, that's all we wanted to talk about as far as what is out in the set right now. You guys can go and look at it on HC Realms. Um, overall, I just I really, and I said this last episode, I'm going to say it again. I think the set's overall really well balanced. Uh, there are a handful of things that are just like, oh my god, the thing's like crazy powerful. Like Odin. I really, really like Odin. I really, really like Regent. Right, yeah. Um, those are like insanely powerful. But because they're so high on the rarity scale, the, the likelihood of you guys pulling them or seeing them is a lot lower inherently. So, I mean, if you pull those pieces, just, just go ahead and play them. But... Those other ones that we mentioned tonight, yeah, look forward to those. Um, look forward to playing against them. I think it'll be fun to play against as much as they are playing. So uh, any last words you want to say about that sure. stuff before we move on, caller? Yeah, I want to say the set's awesome, and definitely play as much sealed as you can of the set because it is way fun. Cool. Um, also, I just I really hope that they continue, WizKids continues with the whole battle world theme into future sets and they just expand on the the secret wars storyline i just really like this idea a lot that still needs to be made they can pump out figures from this one particular storyline for a while so i just say go ham do something dumb with it and i really hope that there are already more of these sets that are developed and they're just sitting there and WizKids has not announced it that are coming to us in the future so all right, let's move on to some of the other nerd-related content that we like to talk about. We did get a new Aquaman trailer, an extended Aquaman trailer, and I just I have to say I was not excited about Aquaman with that first trailer. I have since changed my entire mind about this. I know that's going to make some of you DC fans out there happy. That, really? Yeah, that, that me, of all people, uh, I've changed my mind. I really want to see this movie. The trailer... Um, it really felt 
to me like watching a little bit of Indiana Jones-esque, looking for some like ancient artifacts and tridents and things like that with Arthur interacting with Mara. I thought that was really cool. The CGI looks crisp, man. It looks amazing. It looks so good. And then on top of that, Black Manta, dude. Just Black Manta. He looks so awesome. Okay, Black Manta, I can agree with. He looks so awesome. And then on top of that, like, it really looks like he is powerful. Because, like, I've read some stuff with Black Manta in it. I was never really a fan of the character because I'm like, dude, he's like a crappy version of Aquaman. But, man, they make him look like an actual villain that, like, Aquaman needs to worry about. Um but I, I changed my mind. So. Oh, yeah, he is boss in the trailer. Yeah, so uh, I am going to go ahead, as always, links uh, to these kinds of things are going to be in the podcast show notes. Um, now, I'm going to link specifically an Emergency Awesome video because he does go into some information about it after, uh, like he typically does, after he get, you get done watching the trailer. So I do encourage people, go actually watch the, the Emergency Awesome video. It does break some stuff down. I, I really like his videos. Uh, but... That was really cool. Um, now, I'm not going to spoil We're not going to spoil a bunch of stuff. So you guys don't need to like, oh, crap, turn off the podcast or anything like that. But what made me happy this week, and I do briefly want to talk about it, was the release of Venom. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to withhold my opinion. Uh, Calder, do you want to start off? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I saw Venom opening night. I was never really an Eddie Brock fan. I'm not even a huge Spider-Man fan overall. But I got to say, this movie made me a fan of Venom. I had an amazing time. And I just got I absolutely loved it. So, so I was unsure about the movie. Uh, go out. It's worth it. It's It'll blow you away. Um, okay. So to jump onto that, I, I really, really liked it. And I am... One of those people, it's like I'd never read, really read a bunch of Eddie Brock Venom stuff. Um, I really liked the idea. Like, I was a 90s kid, so I watched the Spider-Man animated series, and that was like the most exposure I had to Venom Eddie Brock. So I didn't really know much about the character. And then here's a really, really weird thing that happened. Before the Venom movie dropped, there was like this weird effort online on like – IMDB on Twitter, uh, there's like bots that were going all over the internet trying to like tell people to not watch this movie. And by bots, I, what I mean is there were like unique Twitter handles that were saying the exact same thing about how garbage this movie was. And it wasn't a retweet, okay? It was just like different Twitter handles that were just actually typing this out, only clearly it wasn't people. It was just like, why why are people targeting this video to like get people to not go see this video and I could not figure it out. It was really weird, but I have to say, hands down, whoever took the time to do that, what a waste of time. That was such a good movie. Um it was a little weird with the pacing, but and uh I'll we'll let you guys know that Calder and I we spoke kind of ad nauseum about the movie before we started recording tonight. Uh we did agree that there's weird pacing, but Holy cow! It makes up for it later on in the movie. So awesome, man! It, it's it's so good. Um, the CGI was, and that was on point too. I I had a really it good was, time. It was man. It was awesome. I had a really good time watching. Now I'm just movie. hungry for Peter Tots though. 
<laughs> like, I really, really want some tater tots. Uh, good stuff. And, actually, we got a, uh, a question from a listener about Venom, and we're going to get into that into the community section when we get to that. Uh, but before we get to the actual full-blown community section, it is the quote-unquote first episode of the month. Not really, but it kind of is. No. <laughs> so, um, it's the ranking up ceremony. So let's do this. All right, guys. So uh, we got four people that are actually ranking up this month. They're getting two. Two people are getting their heroic titles for the first time, which is exciting. Two people are actually ranking up entirely. So officially, welcome to the Dial H community, uh, citizen Benjamin Umansky, and our man from Finland, Tiamu. So welcome aboard, gentlemen. Uh, moving from citizen to vigilante is actually a longtime player collectible, so we appreciate that. And then also moving from vigilante to protagonist is going to be, finally, Michael Miller. So congratulations to everybody that was uh, in that. We really appreciate you guys being part of the community and everything that you do. Uh, and as always, you guys will be in the uh, show notes listed with your titles because we love you. We appreciate you guys. Okay, now, I did say this last episode, it was going to be a little bit of a community-centric episode once we got kind of past all the uh, Battle World news. So, um, I, I, before we go into... Before we start the community, do you want to talk a, a little bit about the ROC event coming up, just to keep it in people's minds, keep it a little fresh? Yes, yes, briefly mention that, yes. Okay, so really quick, Rocktober is coming up very close. It's going to be October 19th. Through the 21st, it's going to be at Lucky Dice Cafe in Huntsville, Alabama. You can check it out all at therockcup.com. Uh, the event to get in is free, as most Netflix events are technically free to just enter in the whatever door. Each side event costs a little bit of cash. Uh, but the most important part, whatever you see on this webpage, is not nearly as important as the fact that I am going to be there. That's right, the sexy ranch hand himself. Cowboy hat and all is going to be at Rocktober, so stop by, say, you know, I'll shake your hand, I'll kiss your baby, I'll uh, I'll sign your <laughs> card if you want me to sign a card that maybe I talked about in uh, Silver. So um, I will I will probably never drive that far to make it to an event, but I fully encourage you to go talk to Calder uh, in case I never get the chance to meet you. Also, this is a really good chance to uh, spread the good word of Dial H and just be like, hey, that's uh, that's Calder from Dial H over there. So I know Calder would appreciate that. And then also for I our, definitely uh, would. Our, our community, build the community, guys, because honestly, we're not going to be anything without you guys. We keep, we keep this around because of you. So, uh, yeah, come up to Calder, and I wish you all good luck. Um, I really hope you guys stomp Calder, because Calder's, Calder's tears are my sustenance. That's what keeps God. me going, and the only thing that allows me to sleep a good night's sleep every night is knowing when Calder cries. So, uh, let's get it. <laughs> are you crying? Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think you on the podcast. You know I love you. Let's get into some community. <laughs> there are dozens of us. Dozens! <laughs> All right, we have two weeks of community to get through, but realistically, we're only going to do a little bit. We're cheating. We're totally cheating. 
because um, there's just so much of it. Um, let's start off, though, actually, with the Jedi Legend Heroclix tip of the week. Sharpshooter can shoot through, an imposing character, but not a friendly one. Did you know that, Calder? Did you I know did that? not know that. I did not know that. Yeah, it's weird. Oh, all right. So, all right, community question two Ooh. weeks ago on Community Tuesdays. As always, you are... Welcome to jump on and answer the Community Tuesdays questions on Facebook, on Twitter, but a couple weeks ago said, with the newly announced DC Rebirth set, which characters would you like to see be the title characters? What are their ultimates do? Now, we just each chose our favorite answer uh, from them. I'm going to start off on Twitter. Uh, Citizen Ben Umansky said uh, he, he kind of gave like three different version, three different characters and then just one power each. Didn't go too far into it. Twitter's weird like that. You don't want to actually type out a gigantic block of stuff most of the time. So infrared lantern John Stewart. One of his abilities would be negative three. All friendly characters in range have stealth. I think that would be really cool. Uh, he wanted a Batman who laughs. That'd be a really interesting title character. Negative nine, so guaranteed to be the ultimate here, uh, called Fear Toxin. Poison on all opposing characters within four squares. Free mind control on any character that took damage. I actually, if you're going to make that, I, I want to amend it a little bit just to make it, like, more dumb. What if, since it's negative nine, because that's pretty crazy high to get to, I would assume. So what if it was free mind control on all characters that took damage and it was an automatic success? You don't have to roll for it. How dumb would that Ooh, be? Man. I know, right? So, man, spacing would be like, or uh, placement of the figure would really, really matter. And then your opponent would be like, oh, no, 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 I cannot afford that ultimate to go off. No thanks. And the last one, he said, is uh, just Joker. Uh, there is really three of us is the name of the power. Uh, negative five. Make three attacks. Add one to attack or damage if attacking someone with the Gotham City or Batman family keyword. Add an additional one if their name is Batman. So uh, really specific, but holy cow, if you know that – if you're one of those people that plays, like, local homebrew games and you know that person's probably going to play Batman because they always play Batman, we know those players. Uh, this would be really fun to use against them. So uh, thanks for writing in. And uh, we did special shout-out to the multiple people that said Martian Manhunter on, on Twitter. Uh, I agree since we got kind of shafted in the last set not having a Martian Manhunter. Martian Manhunter. That was yeah. So, uh, Calder, want to move over to Facebook for this question? Absolutely. So my favorite answer, there were a lot of good answers, everybody, and I'm sorry if I'm not reading yours, but my favorite answer was David Herberger, and yes, this is 100% biased. His choice for title character was Kite Man. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> so his negative three plot points, which may or may not be his ultimate, I would say it'd be a pretty cool ultimate, uh, is Hell Yeah. Everyone gets a kite. Free. All friendly characters may use the flight ability this turn. This was my absolutely favorite part of the entire Batman War of Jokes and Riddles was when, this is a little bit of a spoiler, but the comic came out like a year and a half ago, guys, so you should have read it by now. But they infiltrate the Joker, and he's in this tower. They can't get in, so they have to all have Kite Man kites, and like a ton of Batman villains swoop down. It's, it is awesome. I absolutely love it. And it's probably one of the coolest, like, pictures in all of comics is everybody with a Kite Man kite flying around. And I just want to title Kite Man. Like, just give it to me, guys. Come on. He was basically the main character of this entire story. 
All right. Um, let's move to this week's Community Tuesdays question. Uh, we'll actually go through all of these answers. And uh, once I get through it, Calder, do you want to start off on Facebook? The question is, is splitting a full set into two gravity feeds, like with the Star Trek set, a good idea? And will this be positive for sales or hurt your local stores? Uh, so my opinion of it is I think it's not a great idea. But I did say last episode that most stores buy a gravity feed. You know, like a lot of stores didn't choose to even buy a brick or case of Star Trek. But most stores get at least one of every gravity feed. So it may actually help. see. But Tim Cashmark says the six-month delay is what's going to hurt the most. I thought it was coming out this November. I have to give bonus points just straight up for my first answer. And it goes, this is how you get bonus points by it, by the way. You see my downstairs mix-up? Yeah, I didn't ask to see that, did I? I'm all grand. <laughs> Protagonist, Michael Miller, his answer was, um, this is a downstairs mix-up. I hope they never do it again. <laughs> I just thought that that was funny that someone finally oh, used wow. what I've been, like, trying to shoehorn into every So now we have ever. a point counter. Here we go. Let's do it. Let's see if we can get the most bonus points by making a dumb dilate reference whenever we can. <laughs> one uh, point Michael Link. goes to you, one Mr. Miller. Point. Write them down, folks. Write them down. We'll tally them up at the end of the next, uh, next calendar year. Uh, Michael Link said, this is going to hurt sales bad. Was that it? That's all. I mean, That's I, 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 I agree. Yeah. I didn't answer it at the beginning, sure. but I, I'm pretty sure that this is hands down not going to be good for them. Um, we have an answer from Superhero the Ruffian, Little Plastic Superhero, said, Gravity feeds are for smaller sets. If you need to split them up, make it a regular brick set instead. I just, he's uh, incredulous about the whole thing. Jeff uh, Polier said, This is a terrible plan. It's not just going to hurt sales. We'll take only the most high-hard players are going to bother. Sales will also hurt because gravity feeds aren't generally used for sealed events, whether they be pre-releases, opening week, or major organized events like battle royales and such. There are so many potential sales that are going to be lost. On top of that, it's a slap in the face to Star Trek fans. Well, I mean, I slap a Star Trek fan anyways. Uh, but a vote of no confidence that's not supported by how well first Star Trek set did. Uh, as Tim also mentioned, delays are going to hurt with the first gravity feed being pushed back to early 2019 and the second not until September. Yeah. Yep. Okay, we have an answer from Superfan and Supervillain. Uh, Seth Aaron, whose name on Twitter this week is Those Crappy Spiderwebs in a Bag. It is the Halloween season. Uh, depends on the set, really. If they did a huge event that really needed 100-plus pieces, then I could see it happening. But splitting it up just to split it up might not help, especially because it's Star Trek. With a limited niche of people who buy it, my local gaming store can't give them away. That's sad to hear. That is sad. Uh, Brian Bowling said no. It's a horrible idea, and whoever came up with it should be shunned forever. <laughs> forever? Wow. Um, I think WizKids only has like 20 people working for them, so to like lose one-fifth of Can they afford to shun? <laughs> like... 5% of their workforce right there just to shut them forever. Um, Vigilante Collectible said, probably better for impulse buyers, but much worse for people who actually want the pieces. I have a question. Who is impulse buying Star Trek Heroclix figures? That's a good question, Chris. 
It's rhetorical. Just go. The answer is probably nobody. I yeah, I've got yeah, I've got no. Uh, Benjamin Norris said it hurt my feelings and the plan. <laughs> it hurt his feelings. Yeah, okay. Jedi Legend said it it be good to have two of the same thing to look forward to. That said, it won't hurt my comic shop. They're given no. They are giving no reason to see clicks as popular product because it's unsupported and not advertised. That's probably honestly, if we're talking about, it, that's probably the real problem with Hero Clicks. No one advertises for it, like no one. So no one knows it's a yeah. thing. Citizen Benjamin Umansky, very disappointed. A delay is one thing, but now it's going to cost way more for everyone to get to their favorite figures. Uh, yeah, uh, Chris Kurtz always coming in with the funny one-liners. Star Trek. Is that the show with the tall, furry guy or the short, green guy with the big ears? Captain Kirk is a... I'm, I'm not going to say that word on, on air, Chris Kurtz. You know that. Hashtag fanboys. Your turn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Alex Rig, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess. Uh, I would have ordered at least a brick, but instead I'll probably just grab a few singles online. Uh, Citizen Tiamu said... I prefer five-figure boosters to gravity feed, so it's a negative to me. I also really don't understand why they did this, which isn't helped by them not announcing anything about it. Just people finding the new solicits online. Also, the delay sucks. Yeah, can we talk about that for a second? Why was there not a thing from WizKids to talk about this? Like, why? There's not... What? Do you no remember idea. when we were giving WizKids, like, kudos and applause for those articles that they were coming out with pseudo-regularly, and we're like... Yeah, you guys, oh, right. doing, we're, you guys are doing a good job with communication with the people that buy your products, and now all of a sudden, we're not getting much from them, guys. Like, when was the last Radio time? Radio silence. When was the last time? You know what? You go ahead. I'm going to see real quick if I can pull up when the last time WizKids actually sent out an article about Heroclix. So I'm just going to keep reading while Chris does his detective work. Uh, David Herberger, a brick is usually better value, 50 figures for at least 100 bucks. And you're also more likely to have enough figures to build complete teams. I have mostly collected only the Starfleet keyword, so I might have gone with buying singles anyways. Uh, next up, because so I'm just going to keep on rolling, baby. David yeah, Logan and Trekkies are upset because it'll be much harder to complete than these two kind of plays. Isn't enough to complete a Gravity Feed set, and now you get all the next gen. You're looking at buying two more cases plus singles. As a more casually interested person, I may be inclined to grab a, a couple of singles. And if I want to keep going for it, Peter Zachary, I personally don't think it's a good idea. The idea of getting another property as a booster was really hype-worthy in my area. However, since Turtles sold so well this way, that's probably why this is happening. I don't think it's right, but I've only been interested in the Klingons and Borgs. So, more money in my wallet in the end. Okay. And Chris, how are we doing? Yeah, so I found, just so you guys know, um, the last three articles in the press room area of WizKids are going to be two announcements about the unboxing videos, one for the Batman animated set, which came out September 4th. The most recent one was uh, September... I'm sorry, that was July 5th. Uh, September 24th was the unboxing video for Battleworld, and before that was a previews article from the 4th of September. So it looks like we're getting basically about... Two announcements per month, or two articles per month, which is actually pretty lazy, if you really think about it. We generate four episodes per month, sometimes more, and they can't even release a short article once a week. You make a very valid point, Chris. Yeah. 
You want to give us some Twitter questions now yeah, that I have investigative two, uh, reporter two, re- two remaining answers on on the Twitters. Uh, Jason Levine said, "I won't lie that the idea makes me very nervous for the brand." Agreed. And David Walker said, "I plan to have my store order as little as possible. The collation is going to be terrible, and four bucks a figure is a terrible price." So, I'm not hearing a lot of good things come out about this from uh, your All guys' right. fan base. Um, I guess we will, we will it's see. It's dicey. Uh, it is. I have two more really quick. Go for it. If it's all right. Okay. So Nick Zim, how was three ninety nine for a single figure ever a good idea? I mean, budge with their <laughs> screw up, uh, to their job and their, it's singles only, uh, from me going forward. Nice say Malcolm Rush, the man from Japan. Look at M&T and how many characters they have to do double for gravity feed instead of just doing them one time. Also, Star Trek has so many different characters they can pick and still have more for another set. People want many choices, and no, not a bunch of like sculptor uses and a bunch of repeat figures. I mean, two gravity feeds would be way better, and regular set has less chance of that. So you know, maybe maybe a little a one one on the gravity feed side in the enjoyment, I suppose. Okay, one thing I do want to say that I'm glad that they didn't do, which WizKids in, in the past is like, they do stuff like this just to make more money. They did break the primes up amongst the two gravity feeds. So there's two in each. There's not four in each, which I feel like they could have very easily just labeled one a prime and made it seem like a, a false uh, inflation of value. Just so people would be like, oh, I need to buy more product because there's more primes in this one. So at least they didn't do that. You know? I'll you know what I'm it. actually really interested in, what? Chris, is if the numbering is going to be like a normal set numbering. Like all the figures were made, so they couldn't go back. So they're still numbered the same way a normal set would be. I think that'd be hilarious. Smart thing would be. Do you remember War of Light, how they put like wave one, wave two, and one wave was odds and one wave was evened? So you just, you know, you got odds and even number fig, even numbered figures. That'd be like the easiest way. I probably. can see that happening. Did they do it that way? Right. Hell if I know. I guess we'll see. All right. Do you have any other answers on Facebook? That is it on Facebook. Well, you did mention Malcolm Rush, so let's get into a question block. <laughs> All right, sorry. I just want to... Anytime I can make a silly anime reference, uh, I'm going to take it. Halloween questions from Malcolm Rush, the man from Japan. What is the best and worst of a Halloween type of hero club? Aliens, fighters, Chris. Uh, I, I just... You have to mention it, man. Zombies. The zombies were so good, and anytime somebody plays those... I mean as actually part of like a theme team Z-Virus and stuff like that, just because it's a theme team and it's fun. That is the only time I don't really mind playing against a zombie super scroll. Because it's, awesome. it's part of the thing, you know? So if you have those, play those, because I think it's super cool. Absolutely. Uh, by far the best Halloween type of is Belster. Oh, man. <laughs> the second question is best and worst sculpt for monsters and non-monsters uh, for a Halloween type of hero flicks. Do I think they did a really good job on a lot of the sculpts from the Undead set. I'm not going to lie. Like, they kind of look, uh, 
they're not quite as good as if you've seen D&D miniatures. Like, they do a really good job on D&D miniatures. Same company. It's still WizKids. Um, it's just, you know, they, they did pretty well. So I'd say those. Okay. Uh, my favorite or best sculpt for a Halloween figure uh, has got to be Bessie, the Hell Cow. Is that really? Number like three. <laughs> Dude. Man, it's a cow with a freaking vampire cape, and she's standing on some. So she can keep her cud. What's oh, not oh. to love? Chris? Another one I, I remembered now. Obviously, probably no one's gonna play this, but uh, I really love BPRD clicks. So indie clicks. Oh yeah. Um, I really love the Hellboy with the sword. It's sweet. I think it's a sweet sculpt. Um, and then I also like. I just like Abe Sapien as a character. So maybe his sculpt was. It was better back in the day, because, I mean, those are really old figures, but, you know, uh, they're okay. They're they're not, they're not still not bad. You know, uh, Capwell, that's a great sculpt. It's fun. So I'm going to go that. Another good sculpt. Uh, number three, what are the best and worst black and orange powers? I hate Leap and Climb, man. I, I've said this a million times. I really think that they need to redo Leap and Climb. But that. I also, this is me personally, there's probably a bunch of people out there that have the exact opposite story as me for this, but I never ever get steel energy to do anything useful for me. So I'm not a big fan of steel energy. Like when it finally goes off for me, I'm like, Oh, finally. All right. There's that. Uh, but I will say region since the rules changes, they, they did a really good job of making it not suck. So region's pretty good now. I like region. All right. I, no, I, although I have to say my least favorite is leak flying and regeneration. Uh, but my two favorite have to be like the damage powers, my man. Uh, Battle Fury and Outwit is great. Just Battle Fury uh, does a lot more than take away shape change, and people kind of forget about that sometimes. Yeah. Number four. Which Halloween type of Heroclix characters, monsters and non-monsters, do you want WizKids to make next? So I'm not joking. I just wish that they would do more in the undead realm. Um, a lot of that just is completely like they don't have to go out and get the rights to it. It's in the public domain. So just keep making undead clicks. They didn't even name. They made Doctor Frankenstein, I think, as the only. Yes, no, not is. the only named one because like there's like Jacob Marley's or something. But it, it wasn't. It wasn't a very large set, and there's a bunch of monsters that they 100% could make that are named. Um, and then also. At one point, they had the rights to make Freddy and Jason horror clicks as well as Alien and Predator horror clicks. I would love Alien and Predator to come back. I just I love those universes so much. I've said that on the podcast before. Um, so bring them on. That would be great. Oh yeah, uh, for Halloween I would love a new Cap Wolf. Uh, we didn't get a full from Battle World. We should have got a capful. I'm really salty about that. So uh, give me a new capful, kids. Thank you. Uh, give us some updated zombies, too. Yeah, and then there's a lot of zombies that they just never I made. Any zom- I want a zombie the Leaper. That's also <laughs> true. Um, <laughs> number five. Make a Halloween theme team. One monster, one non-monster. Uh, I made a theme team recently on Twitter uh, for someone who wanted to do a zombie super scroll team. Let me see if I can look that up really quick. So here is my Super Scroll uh, monster theme team. Uh, Zombie Super Scroll 170, Mulan from Galactic Guardian points, a Batman, doesn't break Pog, the Hulkbuster Torso, Dr. Frankenstein, and then Super Spider-Man, because he also doesn't break theme, two suited henchmen, 
And then Secret Invasion for 299 points. Uh, so this is Silver Age, so they couldn't use Colossals. Uh, you would get rid of the Serpent Spider-Man and the Suited Henchman, uh, and you would put in, like, Mangog. Not Mangog, sorry. But, like, Surter. So that'd be great for monster team. I'm always a fan of running Werewolves. So if you cap Wolf and a couple of them, also be an awesome I Chris. Am, I, I did not do this because I'm really bad at... Um reading questions and then planning ahead. So I, I'm sorry. I missed that. Let's move on to the next question. Okay. Number six. Do you have any suggestions for maps to use for a Halloween game? Uh, so they actually made maps for um, BPRD. There is a map that has, it was like the horror clicks slash hero clicks cross compatible hero clicks that they made. Um, there's a map, and it has, like, blood splatters and stuff all over it. So if you can, like, pick up that old set and stuff and just pull the map out of it, I think that is a good a good map. I think it's just fun. Nice. Cemetery maps, you know, great. There's the Days of Future Path map that has a bunch of dead superheroes in the lots. And then there's another map that had, like, it wasn't double-sided. I don't remember what it was from, but it was a straight-up graveyard, which is pretty cool. And number seven, in comic books, TVs, or TV... TV or movies, which is the best and worst costume that heroes or villains wear? And did WizKids do a good job on the sculpt of that character? Chris? Does, I wonder, does this mean, like, costume ever, or is, like, a Halloween costume that a, a hero or a villain wore? Because, I mean, they do that sometimes. Like uh... You know, they do do that sometimes. Uh, I'll just say costume ever. Like, what's your least favorite costume ever? Just because that kind of seems how it's worded. Um, okay, so I really hate, hate, Captain Britain with the mullet. Uh, that was terrible. I don't like Psylocke when she was wearing that hooded costume. I thought that was really stupid. Diamondback. I, <laughs> uh, I really hate her. How dare you? I, I knew you were going to get upset about that. I hate All her costume right pretty now. much always. Um, but a costume that I really, really love, uh, is Straczynski's run on Thor, which is going to be the title Thor character costume. I love Thor's costume. I love that costume so much. I also probably, if I had to go with, let's go to DC side. I still, still really, really like Owlman. Um, I think his costume is okay, actually yeah. sometimes, not always. It depends on who's drawing it. But I really like his costume sometimes better than Batman. Like I don't like Batman when he has crazy long ears. I, I know some people do. That's that's not my Batman. But I just think that Owlman sometimes is cooler than Batman just because of his costume. Right. I'd say my least favorite costume is gonna be on the Marvel side. Be, uh, Captain America when he's a nomad. I really didn't like that super weird, like, strip of no covering at all down to his belt. It was super yeah. awkward. The giant end, the weird cape. Uh, you America know what is a really, that... really bad, like, one of the worst costumes ever that just hit my mind? Speedball. That... He, he has got to be oh, one yeah. of the, okay. he is just one of the dumbest looking superheroes of all time. Just hands down. Oh, Bouncing Boy? What's his name? Or Rubber Boy? What, what, that, that guy from, uh... Uh, Legion, the, the Legion? Legion. Yeah, he is yeah, okay. so stupid. Yeah, he's a bouncing boy or something like that. He's <laughs> so dumb. Oh boy, here we go. Although my favorite costume for any is Guy Gardner when he had the yellow ring, and he was just like wearing boots and 
jeans and he had his normal jacket on with that Ren Rosemont Green Lantern styled up. So I really liked that costume. Ooh, you know what a costume? He had the G really... on his boots. I mean, like, that's awesome. A costume? This this may uh, I, don't, I doubt this will offend anybody. Maybe an unpopular opinion. A costume that is way cooler than the original costume in every way possible. Falcon, when he is dressed up as in like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Falcon, rather than his like red and white costume. I hate the red I mean, and white costume, but when he's carrying around dual Uzis, I think he's super cool. Oh yeah, I'll have to agree. The I mean, the red and white is classic. But the new Marvel Cinematic Universe look is pretty awesome. Yeah, and that is the same costume, more or less, that he had in the Ultimates universe in the comics. Right. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad. I'm really glad that they decided to go that route instead of, uh, you know, the classic, even though it is the classic. And, you know, I like I like Cap. I like him in the comics with that costume, too. Okay. All right. Um, that's all. So let's just go ahead and get out of here. Uh, you can find us at Dial H for Hero Clicks. That is the number four on Twitter. On Facebook, just search Dial H for Hero Clicks. And if you see, if you want to send us an email, send it to Dial H for Hero Clicks at gmail.com. And uh, as always, Dial H for Hero Clicks is brought to you by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day including all of your latest HeroClick singles and sealed products. So check them out at CoolStuffInc.com. Last thing, thank you guys, everybody that ranked up this month on your Heroic Rank. Congratulations, guys. Uh, Thank you again. Bye! My, 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 my style.